Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, credentialed media member at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by the also credentialed editor of The Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, what is the likelihood that Drew Holiday is a Dallas Maverick next year? Oh. On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you put the number at? 1. <laughs> what? One being no or one being yes. I mentioned this on the Mass Fanatic podcast today that what wouldn't it be just so perfect if for the last five years the Mavericks have been going after these free agents and we've wanted them as Mavs fans have wanted these free agents like Conley, Whiteside, Dwight Howard, all these guys. They wanted these Carmelo, wanted these guys, and they get spurned by all of them. And then the one time they like court a free agent, nobody wants him, and they end up with him like. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. that just be the case that they end up with Drew Holiday? Yeah, so that report came out today. I know we talked about it a little bit ago, but I really didn't. You know, a lot of Mavs fans are talking about it on Twitter and stuff. I didn't really see the big deal about it. That's why I really didn't even, like, tweet about it, mainly because, you know, something came out about, a, what, a month ago, three weeks ago, yeah. saying that there there might be interest between the two. And it kind of – it just kind of lays out a logistical thought process of – okay, he's like a middle-tier point guard. There's only so many teams that need a point guard, so why would he not be at least interested in joining a borderline playoff team that needs a point guard, you know? Exactly. And, it, yeah, it, him and Lowry were both like, oh, there's interest. Just because there's interest doesn't mean they're going to go a- even go after him, you know, just as like, oh, I'm interested in that player. Like, I don't I don't get the Kyle Lowry thing either. Why, why would you – I don't get it from his perspective. Why, oh, yeah. Why would you leave the East, first of all? Why would you leave the East and drop the money to come to Dallas? I mean, it would be awesome to have him here. Don't get me wrong. But, like, to come to Dallas and, you know, be a whatever seed. But I think it, I think they're just using – I think Drew Holiday is just using the Mavericks for uh, for leg, for leverage. I just got to – Oh, is that your source? <laughs> That's my source calling me from Utah, apparently. Uh-oh. It's not David Locke. Is Hayward coming here, or can you announce that on the pod? I know. Sources say. Or you sent you sent his baby a, a Mavs onesie, didn't you? <laughs> that's, what, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I have never gotten so many phone calls than the first day that I registered for a domain name. <laughs> oh, man. All these just guys with accents calling me and asking me if they, can I build a website for you? Like, oh, my gosh. Just stop. Like, no. No, you will not build a website for me. Thank you. I appreciate your business. So I I got to thinking, which point guard would I rather have than Drew Holiday? Like, where does he fit in the hierarchy of point guards in the NBA? Because we, a lot of people say there's so many good point guards in the NBA. There's so many good point guards. But is there, like, is there that many point guards that we would take over Drew Holiday? And so you and I started going to, you know, making lists together. So 
I found 15 definite that I would take over Drew Holiday. What about you? Yeah, my name is right around 15, and then I have like a handful of maybes that might not make, you know, that might not be over Holiday in my book. But right. a lot of it has to do with pay. So are you okay with paying a point guard that is the 16th, 17th, 18th best point guard in the league? you know, $18 million or 15, you know, like that's his, his max is 30, by the way, dear God, don't even mention that number, but yeah. So you want to run through just a few names? Yeah. I mean, let's go to the obvious ones. Steph, Steph Curry, CP three, Kyrie Westbrook, Harden. I, I consider Westbrook uh, Harden has moved to point guard. That is what, <laughs> that is what he's been yeah. doing there. And now they call it that. I would still take Lowry, uh, John Wall, Mike Conley, Isaiah Thomas, Damian Lillard, Goran Dragic, George Hill. I'd probably take over him. Kemba Walker, Dennis Schroeder. Say Giannis. Dennis Schroeder and Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Giannis I put in, a, in in the maybe because, uh, yeah, I guess he's the point guard, right? Like, well, I guess if we want to count him. I forgot all about Dragic. Yeah, um, but I, I would, think the, I would take him. I think the only difference is – is you said you did uh, you said Schroeder right? Yeah, Schroeder. Yep. Yeah, I'd pick him. I think I would take Rubio over him. Yeah, I had that in a maybe. I had Patty Mills, Pat Beverly, Ricky Rubio, Jeff Teague, and Giannis as my maybes. Only Giannis the only maybe because is he a point guard? Is he not? I think he is. Yeah. So we can comfortably say that if we had to rank them, I would take fifteen or sixteen point guards above Drew Holiday. Would definitely take fifteen point guards. Like there's you know. <laughs> There's not even room for any for him in, in that conversation. Yeah. So then the question comes, you know, what is your price tag? What are you going to be happy to pay for a point guard that is 16th to 20th best point guard in the league? Yeah. But I think I, here's here's my whole takeaway with the holiday thing. Would the Mavs be interested? I think it sure. depends on the, dra- on the draft. If we don't land a point guard, if we come away like we hit a home run with like Jonathan Isaac or something, you know, we get somebody that we like. Or Tatum, like we're talking about today. Yeah, like if they get a forward like that. Or even even if they do get Nilakina and they're like, hey, we're going to get Nilakina and just bring him along slowly, you know, then the Drew Holiday, whatever, they might chase him or at least sit down with him. But like, I don't see Drew Holiday's fit with Dennis Smith. You know, I don't. I, no, I one of those that. one of those Mavs fan accounts tweeted out that they said point guard Drew Holiday, shooting guard Dennis Smith, small forward Wes Matthews, power forward Harrison Barnes, center Nerlens Noel. This lineup sounds and then three fire emojis. And I was just like, what are you like? What about that sounds fire to you? Like, <laughs> what does the fire mean in that tweet? Does it mean that that's hot garbage, or does it mean that it's like actually something that would succeed? Because you have not watched Dennis Smith if you think he's going to play off the ball and you think he's going to succeed doing it. Yeah, not all the time. I mean, spurts here and there maybe, but that ain't going to happen. No, but. not going to happen. So there you go with the with the Drew Holiday stuff. It's it, Stuff's going to come out now. I mean, Fran Fraschilla said it best. The stuff that you hear from now until the draft is completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rumors, anyway. The uh, – the profiles and the, the actual information that we're going to bring you is stuff that's useful. So today we're talking about, uh, since we're done talking about Drew Holiday now, we're not going to talk about that anymore. We're profiling Jonathan Isaac and Jason Tatum. And the reason why we, we mash these two guys together into one podcast is they're most likely not going to be available for the Mavericks. But there's a slight chance we've seen Tatum drop in some boards. We, you know, we've seen him drop in some mock drafts. We've seen Isaac drop in some mock drafts to eight. Um, so there's just a possibility that they're around the ninth pick. 
don't think that the Mavericks are going to end up with them, but it's it's a, it's a possibility, so we're going to cover them. Yeah, and you know, I guess you know, you go back a couple months ago, Fox and even Isaac. That was like two names that you know was like, oh, some mock drafts to Dallas, and yeah. people people were just so excited. And now since they've been working out and all these measurements have came out and all this stuff, and now they've just shot up the boards. And, and after the lottery, too, the lottery helped some of those guys, too. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Jonathan Isaac has this, like, really intrigued about him. He could go anywhere from – I don't think he would go three to Philly, but anywhere after that, I think he's free game. I think he's probably four to seven, somewhere through there. Yeah, so in our, in our locked-on – draft which is the first episode was posted on locked on nba go and listen to it right now it's awesome uh it's really cool david lock sets it up where it feels like a live draft and so he sets up the pick he sets up who's gonna pick it then he throws it basically to the the two um the two local hosts or the one local host depending on who they are and so then they talk about all right this is what we're gonna do you heard us talk about it on our bonus locked on drafts podcast it's sort of like that just a quick thing you know, talking about why they made the pick, and then they send it back to David Locke. David Locke talks about it, talks about it with Mike Schmitz from Draft Express, who breaks down the pick and analyzes it, and then they do it again for the next pick. So they did the first six picks, so all the way through Orlando um, doing those picks. And then afterwards, Josh Lloyd comes on, and he talks about the fantasy draft implications. I don't really care about fantasy draft too much, but it's interesting if you you know, want to do that. Um, interesting I didn't know that Josh Lloyd was Australian. <laughs> and so I started listening to it. And I was like, oh, interesting. And on the Almighty Baller Network, which is what the Mavs Fanatic podcast is, the fantasy basketball guys are also Australian. So I don't know if there's just like some Australian fantasy basketball thing <laughs> going on. But there's a lot of people from Australia that listen to this podcast. So let us know. Is that a, is that an Australian thing, like fantasy basketball? <laughs> no, it's just Bogut's family. <laughs> it's <laughs> Della Vadova's family, Bogut's family. Yeah. <laughs> so Patty Mills family. All right, so let's get right into Jonathan Isaac. Um, his measurements: six eleven, seven foot one wingspan. Uh, interestingly, on the the locked on M- locked on NBA the draft, uh, Mike Schmidt said that Jonathan Isaac was six five earlier earlier in high school, and he would play the wing. And then he just had a growth spurt like towards the end of high school, and so that's why he sort of has some of these wing type. Uh, qualities to his game uh, he averaged 12 points eight rebounds a steal and a block in only 26 minutes that's important to me because his per 40 numbers are look really really good 18 points 12 rebounds two assists two steals two blocks like that's that's lighting it up right there and filling up the stat sheet um and the minutes are in college are important because you look at guys like like jason tatum we're gonna talk about later he averaged 33 minutes so his counting stats are gonna be a lot larger than guys like isaac who only played like 26 minutes yeah and you know, he played at Florida State, and I know, you know, I've said before, I watched a lot of ACC basketball this past year because I'm a diehard Carolina fan. And with with Isaac, he's not your. <laughs> if we go, if we're gonna put these in the same, let's kind of relate them to Nilakina and Dennis Smith. Yeah. With Isaac and Tatum, he's not your sexy pick. <laughs> you know, as far as far as like he he is a sexy pick, but like he's not. Like when you watch him in the college game, he's not somebody that's just going to take over the game and you're going to be like sitting up on your couch like, wow, this kid's impressive. Because there is times that he just floats to the corner. And, you know, especially when, you know, tournament time came around, you're like, oh, I got to watch Florida State because I want to see this Isaac. He's in these mock drafts and all this stuff. And you're literally like kind of looking for him around on the screen. You're like, okay, let me just wait for him to score, you know? And yeah. And so he, he doesn't have that. 
he doesn't if I'm starting with weaknesses or anything, but like he doesn't have that like go kind of go to mentality. Like you're not gonna throw him the ball and say, Go get me a basket. You're not gonna post him up. You're not going to ISO him out. He's not gonna be that. And when Tatum is, but Jonathan Isaac has but in but the intrigue of everything is, you know, his frame. In today's game, everybody the one word if you want to say with everything is length now. And versatility, and Isaac can guard. You know, sometimes the twos, but three through, you know, four, maybe five. He can't yeah, some, bruise really. some fives. Yeah, so that's the that's the intrigue with him, and what he, what people can like kind of turn him into because he's more. If we're talking like marketing, like marketing can step in day one and knock down four threes. And you're not going to change marketing. <laughs> yeah, and Jonathan Isaac has has somewhat of a Jalen Brown to him of. Yeah. Hey, you're gonna throw him in there and kind of develop him. You know, he's not as small as Brown, but like, you just gotta. You're gonna have to give him time wherever he goes. So. Yeah, he can do a lot of things. Like he can, he can spot up. He can pick and roll. Like he can be the ball handler, or he can be the the roll guy. Like he can do either one. He's not gonna do either of them incredibly, but he can he can do that. You know, he's not like gonna be DeAndre Jordan where he's you know just gonna turn the ball over if he tries to. <laughs> You know, yeah. if he tries to run a pick and roll. So he can just do a lot of things. He also had uh, seven blocks in a game against Notre Dame uh, in January, which that st- stuck out to me. Like, this is a guy that, you know, is going to get in passing lanes. He's going to get, you know, some some shots here. Uh, and he has pretty good footwork, too, um, because, you know, he was a wing, and so he is going to be a guy that um, is light on his feet. He can he runs really well. He runs really fluidly. Um, and his yeah, his de- defensive versatility is the biggest strength I think for him. His length and defensive versatility, being able to switch on stuff. Uh, if the Mavs end up with him, which we'll talk about, but him and Nerlens would be awesome. Sure. <laughs> would oh be awesome gosh. together. So all right, let's go to weaknesses. We already mentioned a lot of them. Um, he's not naturally aggressive, which is the big thing that Mike Schmidt said about him. That you just said about him. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and you know throw up a ton of shots. I think the most shots he attempted in a game yeah it was 13 uh against virginia tech in um you know the the acc tournament i think um so yeah he's not gonna throw up a ton of shots he's not even he's not a high volume type guy but you know he's just a, a do-it-all sort of guy uh he's really thin too he's 6 205 pounds like that is like brandon ingram thin <laughs> yeah and if he didn't have his you know alfred payton type hair it, it's not alfred's <laughs> like caliber but it's 200 it like it adds to him some, but I do want to say, you know, Draft Express has marketing on their overall big board over Isaac. Wow, kind of surprises me some. Yeah, um, but it, it just depends on the. I mean, I think Isaac has a really like low floor. I think that he could he could be a guy that ends up you know not finding his place. Like a, like you remember Wes Johnson? <laughs> yeah, he was a guy that went like third a couple like in two thousand. Oh dang, I want to say eight or one of those random drafts. I can't and, remember. And uh, he just was a, a wing type guy that was long and could do a lot of things and just ended up not finding his place in the NBA. And there's a, there's a lot of guys like that. Not any this long, like as long as Isaac. Um, yeah. But I, I, could, be... I could see him be like a, being like Tayshaun Prince. Yeah. Well, I think Prince would be a better score than him. That, that would be my only thing with, with Isaac. You know, you just gotta be whatever situation he goes into. Like he's not gonna be your two, probably even three score on the team. Like, yeah. and at Florida State, he was the overall best prospect, 
and they won 26 games, which is like the most in their their little era there with their head coach. And I should know his name. I normally know this, but whatever. And but like the way they ended the season, it's kind of like marketing to where it's kind of like marketing kind of got pushed around. And ironically, they got beat by the same team in Xavier. Leonard like, Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton. There you go. In the Leonard Leonard Hamilton era, like that's the most wins <laughs> they've ever had. And you know they lost five of their last ten games of the season, which is huge in college basketball. And then they got in the tournament, and they were, I think, a two seed. No, Arizona was a two seed. They were a three seed in that in the bracket there. And they lost to Xavier. You know, yeah, Xavier put them out. And you know, it's the games like that that you it turn was it bad on. Too. It was, and you turn it on. You're like, okay, let's see what this Isaac kid's made of, and you know, yeah. <laughs> so eight points, just, like twelve rebounds. So you're, you know, you're like, well. He gave you something, but he not well, not what they needed because they only scored sixty six points in that game. Yeah, so like, and I don't want to seem like I'm just downing him completely because I'm not. I'm, well, we're talking about weaknesses right now. So, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a ton of intrigue with him, and he's yeah. gonna go. I mean, he could go to Phoenix at four, and I'd be like, okay, sounds good. He could go five, six, seven, like anywhere through there, and like I totally get it. Uh, a player that I want to throw like a Mavs, like to give you a an idea, is like Finney Smith. Like what yeah. what Finney, what Smitty what Smitty, what Finney Smith does <laughs> for Dallas, you know he, Finney Smith is six six seven with a six eleven wingspan. So you know Isaac's a little bit taller, but what Dallas ask of him is what kind of like I feel like a team would ask of Jonathan Isaac, like set in the corner on offense. We're th- we'll throw you the ball. We want you to knock down the three, you know, knock it down. But on defense, you might match up against Westbrook. You might match up against the fours. You know, that that's where the intrigue comes with people. So kind of think about a Finney Smith role, a bigger Finney Smith or like a taller, linkier but in that type. Yeah, in that type of role. Yeah, he's way better. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the availability for him. Uh, we don't think that he's going to be available at nine. Uh, the earliest I could see him, we just agreed saying he would go to Phoenix. Can't see Sacramento taking him. I could see the Magic going with him. Um, Minnesota as well. That could be a really interesting spot for him. Um, you know, Wiggins, Towns, put Isaac at the four, play, uh, put Towns at the five. I mean, that's that's a pretty good front court right there. Yeah, I mean, that's been his like natural spot. A lot of people want to pencil him in at is Minnesota. I wouldn't count out Sacramento only because if you're Sacramento and you're going into this thing and you're saying, okay, I have a hole at point guard and I have a hole on the wing. I want to fill those no, spots. No, 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 with- no, no, no. If you're Sacramento, you go, I have a hole everywhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not going to take Monk to go with Buddy Hield whenever he was like the main if, guy of your package. A lot of people think Monk could be turned into a point guard. I think you might think about it. Oh, he could, yeah. I mean, if he's there at like ten, so but that that plays into like no. my thought process of if you're sitting there at five and you're like, okay, if Tatum, Josh Jackson, or Isaac's on the board, and I really like them. What's the chances of me at ten landing Dennis Smith, Monk, or Nilakina? Yeah. Compared to okay, if I take De'Aaron Fox at five, who's going to be at there at ten? Am I, you know, taking a marking in? Am I? What it's kind of like outweighing whatever you want to do. So. I could. That's what all I'm saying is I could see Isaac going five with them thinking, okay, I could maybe get Dennis Smith or Nelly Keener or something at, you know, at the ten spot. So anywhere four through seven. I mean, I guess eight in New York. Oh yeah. Why not? I guess yeah. I guess so. 
I think New York needs more of a score, like a, but like a Dennis Smith. Yeah, like a Dennis Smith, a Tatum, something like that. But yeah, so like... so yeah, so that's that's kind of a murderer's row. There's you know there's like all those possibilities, and he could definitely go to any of those. Uh, his ceiling and his floor. It's hard to it's hard to imagine his ceiling being super high, like being a being an all star if you're not going to be a, a scoring type guy. I mean, Tayshawn Prince is probably like the ceiling, right? Like a really good player on the championship team, super like an overqualified role player, basically. Yeah, it it is really hard to try to think of somebody like that. Of you know, he he's going to be your just versatile glue guy that you know as long as he can you know, hit the three. I mean, that's going to be the key for him. Everything is people are going to know he can defend. He can defend, you know, one through four, as long as he can hit the open three, then he could, you know, very well be your three or four option, but he's not, he definitely needs two people above him on a team. He definitely needs a LeBron or Kyrie, you know, Kyrie, like a tandem or something like that. That's why he should go to Minnesota. That'd be great. Yeah, oh yeah. I think his fit in Minnesota would be great long term. I just think he's going to need a little bit of development and stuff. And I don't know if Tibbs like they want to win now. And I also heard a little something today, and I, I'm not. I want to credit the source, but I can't remember. I just remember reading something, and it was from a reporter that covers Minnesota that his camp hasn't worked out for Minnesota. Like he hasn't worked and, out for anybody past four. Okay, so. And that's and I remember seeing that like that was his camp's decision. So, yeah. yep. Whatever you want to say about that, but that's what that's why you see some of these mocks and you see some of these people saying Phoenix at four or something like that. And it would it would be a shocker if he went three, but there would be bigger shockers I think if somebody else went three. Definitely. His roster impact on the Mavericks. Um, you would see. I mean, him and Harrison Barnes would be switching time at three and four. I mean, they'd just be going flipping back and forth. Um, that would be intriguing. Who, um, who would play more four and more three in that situation? I think it would be matchup driven. You know, if we're facing Blake Griffin, I think Barnes is at the four because Barnes got more oh, got more muscle, poor more guy. weight, <laughs> more weight. I'm talking about Blake Griffin. <laughs> Blake Griffin, yeah. In like you saw Barnes, Barnes manned him up this past year, and that was a but like. So if like he's playing, if you're facing like a, a bigger four, then that's the case. But if you're facing like a Marquise Chris or something, then you're throwing Isaac out there. And so I think it would just be kind of switch switching back and forth. I think it would impact Barnes and Wes more than anybody because it might shift Wes back down to the two. Which he and loves. kind of Yeah, and kind of all that stuff. It'd affect Finney Smith, I guess, some. Yeah, because they they would be pretty redundant. <laughs> yeah. So, and then like Seth, if Wes will move down to two, or I don't think Isaac would start right off the bat, but but Finney, a, but Finney Smith did last year for a good stretch after that Milwaukee game where he stopped Giannis on that final play. Yeah. <laughs> after that, he started for the next twenty five games. So you could see Jonathan Isaac fitting in right there, exactly where Dorian Finney Smith did last year. All right, and that's so, like oh. what the well, I was just gonna say with the starting thing. That's what Rick likes to do too. Like Rick likes to keep his bench units intact. So like. Yeah. He likes to keep Devin and, you know, whatever his, like, main bench core unit, you're not going to see, you know, whatever come in and start. Like, he, he'll pull a nobody to start and just to roll those minutes out so he can keep the units kind of intact some. But, yeah, yeah like, a, like a hockey coach where he keeps, keeps kind of the lines together. 
Yeah. So why the map should take him length versatility. Um, he does, he does have a lot of upside. There's just, he can do a lot of things. He, I could see him coming into the league and just all of a sudden exploding in a certain aspect of the game and us being like, man, I did not see that coming. You know, like if all of a sudden he just becomes a super knockdown shooter, if it becomes like a really good ball handler, you know, just something that, cause I mean, he is just going to turn 20, like, in, you know, in a couple of months. So it's not like he's, he's, he's got a lot of, of work to do still that he can do. So, uh, why they shouldn't take him just, I don't know. I can't think of a reason why they shouldn't take him if he's available at nine. Can you? No, I mean, I know I mentioned this last time. If I'm on, if I'm taking a a Ford of his caliber, I want OG over him. And you call me in the minority, whatever it is, but I, I like OG over him with just everything. OG's a thicker body, and we'll talk about OG a different time. But I would be happy with either one of them. And a lot of people are saying Dallas really likes Isaac a lot. He really intrigues them, and so yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know why they should draft him? Should not? I I think it just kind of depends on, you know, if they want to develop him and his offensive game and all that stuff too. So yeah. So there you go. Uh, Jason Tatum. We'll move on to him. Um, he's six eight with a six eleven wingspan. He averaged seventeen point seven rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. Uh, like I said, that was in 33 minutes. What do you think about Jason Tatum? Man, a dude straight ball, man. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't know. I, I talk about the ACC again, but because we got two ACC guys, but you know, I, I can never like a dookie. It's really difficult to like a dookie. JJ Reddick's pretty cool now, but back then I hated him. Back then they didn't want me now. Hot day all of them. Um, oh my god! And so, um, but with with Tatum, you know, he's like, what, 6'8", 205, 6'11", wingspan. I mean, he's got the body. Like, you watch, he's got the long arms. His arms look so long at the college level. Like, I don't know. There's just something about I don't know if it's their jerseys or whatever it was. <laughs> it's like but, the color of their jerseys just makes his arms look super I long. don't know, man. But, You're right, though. There is something about it that just – and sometimes, like, muscular arms look way longer than just, like, regular arms. Yeah, and you see his build. You know, his build's, you know, different than – than Isaac's and he was he's the opposite of Isaac really you know if Isaac's the intrigue the length the defend multiple positions the all this stuff Tatum's your go-to score and you saw that at Duke you can throw throw him the ball if you're putting a a lot of these prospects you know one through ten in a one-on-one matchup like a one-on-one tournament like Tatum's gonna come out on top and yeah he kind of took over for Grayson Allen a little bit there during the season he ended up yeah. being like sort of their go-to guy. I don't really speak. I don't. I don't really like to use that name a lot out loud. And <laughs> no. did he push you? He tripped me. And now, so Tatum is. Yeah. the The comparison that I heard a while back is is Carmelo, and I really, really like it. Huh. But like late season, late career Melo. <laughs> yeah. And not like like Melo was more was more bouncy when he came out of Syracuse and he had the cornrows and all that stuff. Like those were the you know the early Melo days that we kind of forget about in in Denver. But Melo was more bouncy than Tatum. But Tatum has that like in the mid range. Like you give you give Tatum the ball in the mid range, like it's done. He has the fadeaway. He's got the post moves. He's got the mid range shot. His his three pointer was improving this past year. Like he, he lit he lit UNC up. Like he beat us pretty 
pretty good the first game, and then when he got to the ACC tournament, he put up 24 on us, and he had that monster dunk on Kennedy Meeks. And I don't really get hyped about plays against Carolina, especially Duke, but I was like, holy crap, that was nasty. Yeah, the the comparison for me is the 2016-17 Harrison Barnes. I mean, just they showed up as a one-on-one scorer. He can defend. He's, you know, found his place more at the – like he's – played a lot better at the four than he was playing at the three when he, you know, he got moved, he played a lot better, you know, things like that. Just to build, I mean, six, eight with six eleven wingspan. That's literally Harrison Barnes like that. <laughs> that's just, yeah. that's like literally what he is. Um, rebounded a lot more than Harrison Barnes did this year for the Mavericks, but a little different situation. Yeah. And his position at the next level, you know, is a, a lot of people think he's going to be a four kind of like what Harrison played last year yeah. in that kind of small ball four type role. He can play the three. I mean, being six eight. I mean, he he can play either positions. I don't think he can play the two or the five. So you're looking at the three or four. And another name of people, you know, floor and ceiling. That I think the guys at the Ringer. I think O'Connor first introduced it. That was the first person I heard say it was Danny Granger. Yeah, yeah, I heard him and, say that too. Yeah, and that was a solid. That was solid. I, I like that a lot. And so I think a floor would be Danny Granger. And you know, Granger used to ball at Indy back in the day, but. I think ceiling would be something like Melo. Like you, you put Tatum. Here, here's the thing with Tatum and his fit. You know, you. I don't think he would fit well in Minnesota. Like Tatum needs the ball. No, like, like him, and, him I- and Wiggins would be really redundant. <laughs> yeah, and like Jonathan Isaac, like he would fit in Minnesota because he could just be a you know role Blue player guy, defensive. Yeah. But like Tatum, at somewhere even like, I don't like the fit in Orlando as much because I don't I don't like Aaron Gordon at the five as much either i like him at the four yeah it puts one of those guys at the three yeah and that kind of weird weirds me out some but <laughs> but i would like I, I would like him in phoenix i think his fit alongside booker yeah. but my favorite fit would be with him being in philly i like philly a lot for him um that or new york i think new york i think new york i say favorite would be philly but if especially if new york is is going to get rid of mellow then Tatum's your man. Or what about Sacramento? You just go take Rudy Gay's spot. Just plug and play. Uh, yeah, I guess I did skip over them. I mean, if Sacramento in an ideal world, like how crazy would it be if they could get you know Tatum and Fox? I mean, that would be nuts. Or if they took Tatum at five and oof. said, "Hey, if they took him, what do you say, oom for?" Well, I Don't just take can't imagine. I just can't imagine them getting both of those guys. Okay, let me say this: if they take Fox at five, Tatum slips to Dallas at nine. Is there anybody that they have on their roster that they could put with the tenth pick to move up one spot and get nine from Dallas to get Tatum? Like would they like would Scal, Labissiere, and the tenth pick to look at the roster? <laughs> yeah, well like like a, uh, like they got some young players like Big Papa, Scal, Willie Cauley Stein, you know, a lot of them's bigs, but would that be worth it for Dallas? Like if Nilakina and, jo- and and Jason Tatum's on the board at nine. In your Dallas, and Sacramento calls and says, "Hey, we're at ten. We really want Tatum. You can have Scal and the tenth pick. You can have Scal for us to move right in front of you. You know, to have your pick and you move back one spot." That's yeah. That's kind of the only player I'm a, sort of interested in because Willie Colley Stein, I'm not. Papi Giannis, I'm not that interested in. Malachi Richardson, I might be interested in, but I don't think they're going to give him up like that. Uh, I think that, I mean I think they would give up anybody outside of Buddy Hilde and Fox because then you're building around really I mean you really built you're gonna come out of this 
this yeah, draft Fox with and Tatum Fox, and Buddy Hill. Tatum, Buddy Hilled, and Willie Cauley Stein or Scow or that's pretty good. That's a heck of a young core right there. That's pretty good for Sacramento. If I'm Dallas, if if we are Dallas, if you guys had listened to our locked on draft, you know that we would do this. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're all in on getting more young, like getting younger, and yeah. Uh, I actually don't know if I would do that. I probably would, but with if Nilakina is there, I, I mean, you're thinking you're going to get Nilakina at nine anyway. Yeah. So would Nilakina and Scow equal Tatum? So that's pretty much what you're you're weighing and. I'm 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 pretty high on Tatum. Like I think Tatum could end up being like a mellow type. I th- yeah, I think he can just ball ball out. Like there's few players that come out of draft that you just say, hey, you come down on the floor. He's six eight, six eleven wingspan. You say you give him the ball and say score me a basket. He's gonna do it. And I feel like I'm really praising a Duke guy, and it's kind of like really hard for me to do. But <laughs> he was only there like what four months. So, <laughs> well, he was more more than Kyrie. Yeah, twelve games. So the the roster impact for the Mavericks, it would be really interesting with Harrison Barnes offensively. Like what? I mean, they just take turns. I mean, <laughs> they're like with one on one scoring and isolation plays, and I just don't know if if he's there at nine. I think you might look to trade, but because that pick's pretty valuable if he's there. Um, but also, you might just go with the talent because why not? This is a you know thirty three win team. You go with the talent, and so you pick talent there. Yeah, I mean, there, there's that side of, like, hey, you just take the talent and make it work. Because some people, I mean, you like you see Kevin O'Connor at the ringer. Right? He has him number two on his board. Yeah. And it's kind of like Dennis Smith. Like some people, the draft's so loaded to where if somebody in the top ten is like three on somebody's board, it's not the stupidest thing in the world. Like it's just kind of like how each scout views their player. But I really think if, if I'm Dallas, Tatum gets to nine, the first thing I'm doing is I'm – However that process works, I'm hitting a little voicemail to everybody or whatever Getting it is. Getting on the saying, phones. Hey, bitter, bit away. Because a talent like Tatum and, and dropping to nine, I mean, somebody could start opening up the bank to say, hey, let's move up to nine and get this thing. So Yeah, this is, let's go through the uh, the mock drafts on the Wisdom of Crowds board that, uh, that David Locke threw together. So he is his average spot is five. Um, but that's because these are all over the place. O'Connor, like you said, had him at two. Danny Chow had him at nine. Sharks had him as at eight. Those are all the ringer guys. They are all over the place. Two, nine, and eight. <laughs> and then uh, Chad Ford has him at four. Draft Express has him at four. Uh, NBA Draft.net has him at seven. And CBS Sports and Sports Illustrated have him at three. So I mean, mm. anywhere from nine to two <laughs> is where it's where he could go um, in that you know in the, that, those top nine picks. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, he could go. I mean, you look at his fit with Philly. You know, even though they got Sarge at at the four with Embiid, you know, they could put him at the three and still run Ben Simmons at point, and he can score. So, the only thing with him is the ball kind of stops with him, kind of like Melo. Like yeah. it's not going to be running just kind of fluid offense of him getting it, passing it, going through all this stuff. It kind of like he gets the ball, but like when he does get the ball and, and does his thing, it's good. So. I don't know, but like we've talked about before, I th- I think there is a scenario more than Jonathan Isaac that he could drop to us. Yeah, like if you're making me say pick one one of these two that could drop to Dallas, I'm picking Tatum only because it's just Fox and Isaac have kind of risen up some boards. You know, Dennis Smith. There's so much intrigue around him. You still got Fultz and Ball. 
I mean, that's five players right there. And then, you know, the marketing thing. The whole thing with us is, you know, if marketing gets picked before eight or nine, you're like, okay. Now we're, so, now we're cooking with oil. <laughs> now now there's going to be a talent like a Monk or Tatum that's going to be dropping Dennis Smith for sure, you know, down there. And it's going to get interesting really quick. We got all excited like like little girls over the fact that maybe Monk could fall to, <laughs> to Dallas at nine today on, on the Mavs Fanatic podcast. We were like giddy. And I was like, this is just a hypothetical situation. I mean, <laughs> why, are we, why are we freaking out about this? Yeah, and there's just there's so much stuff with that, you know, as far as like fit, you know, of, of worry of what he is next to Seth. And, you know, I, we talked before, you know, I had lunch with Jonathan Charks today from the ringer and we were talking about that, that fit, you know, if Monk did fall and that fit with Seth Curry, you know, Seth Curry is going to be in Dallas long-term. And I don't know, we just kind of went back and forth on if Monk, you know, wouldn't that be kind of redundant with him and Seth of this, scoring two guard but the thing is like like i like i'm a you like seth more than i do i like seth a lot but when i'm sure unsure about paying him but if we got monk like i think monk's already the better player than seth yeah he's got <laughs> like, he's definitely got more physical tools that's for sure he's got more physical tools he's more explosive and i mean you put him in a three-point shootout like i think it's both ways like whoever wins i'll be like okay like so but Seth know. Curry has beaten a two-time MVP in a shooting contest. So, wow! <laughs> all his life, he beat him didn't all you, his life. Okay, didn't you say Dwight Powell beat Dirk in a shooting contest in practice? That is that is one hundred percent true. I definitely okay. saw that happen at a practice. I rest my case. And uh, Dirk was very upset. <laughs> so why the match? Dirk, Dirk's like, you see this chair? <laughs> is that you, Dwight? No, you're better in that chair. I think so. Why the Mavs should take him? Because he's a talent that fell for some reason. <laughs> That's why they should take him. Uh, the, yeah. the individual scoring, just the upside, I think, for Tatum is, is really big. Uh, why they shouldn't take him? The fit is not great if you're caring about fit. Why they shouldn't take him? They shouldn't take him if they can get a trade for you know somebody that yeah. wants him, like a Sacramento or something like that. Um, so those are kind of the reasons why and why not. So there you go. There's Isaac. There's Tatum. There's all their strengths, weaknesses, why they should take him, why not. That's our draft profiles on Jonathan Isaac and Jason Tatum. Got anything? Got any more things you want to get off your chest, Isaac? I was just going to ask you, how if if we think that Dallas loves Nilakina, how Which upset would you be? How, how upset would you be and how upset do you think the fan base would be if they picked Nilakina over Monk or Tatum? More more upset about Monk than Tatum. Really? For some reason, yeah. Like either one of them. They don't, I, I could see either way. I think Tatum's ranked higher than Monk, so people would probably say, like, that was a top three talent or top four talent. We just picked yeah. the French kid. But you know, we, just, say, we just went over all those smart guys, and some of them had him eight and nine, <laughs> you know? Yeah. On boards, not just mocks. And, you know, I tweeted out something today, and, you know, some people kind of took it the wrong way with with Nilakina. So you know Nilakina's team in Strasbourg started their <laughs> oh yeah his box his stat line. <laughs> yeah, they started their finals uh yesterday the 13th. Their next game's tomorrow and then you know 17th. It's kind of like every other day. But so I looked at the box score and I was like, you know, they got beat by like what? I think it was like 15, 16 or something like that. 
And Neil Aquina finished with 19 points or 19 minutes. Finished with 19, played 19 minutes and scored two points and two rebounds on one of four shooting. And so I just tweeted that out. He's like, trash. Hey. He's trash. Yeah, He's a like, bust. He's a I bust. I didn't say anything about it. I He's just Roddy tweeted B. the stat line. And a lot of people responded like, this is who Dallas wants to pick and all this different stuff. So I would say I didn't watch the game. I don't know how it – I don't even know what to say of it. I'm, I just tweeted it just because I thought people would want to know. So they could have just put him in a corner or they might he might not have been running point or whatever the situation is. So – there might be some like girlfriend stealing issue where they just totally like closed him out of the group and they're just not passing <laughs> to him. Like that could be a thing that happened. So, but it's kind of like reverse of like if if I checked the box score today and it said he had you know thirty one eight and eight, yeah, people would just be raving right now. Yeah, they'd be freaking out. <laughs> so he very well could do that the next game or something, and people are just dying over it. And but I'm not too worried about him. So there you go. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about Fox and Monk. What does the Fox say? Even, <laughs> even less likely that Fox would make it to nine now. Isn't that crazy? Just all these workouts yeah. and stuff and Fox just flew up the boards. I knew it was going to happen. I just knew it. Yeah, Fox you know, is not going to be there at nine. Maybe not Monk either. But we want to talk about him just in case there's some crazy thing of like if Dallas traded up. Yeah. To get you know to the five spot with Sacramento and said, hey, let's get this, let's get Fox. Or we just want to talk about his fit. Some it's going to be similar to what we just did with Isaac and Tatum. We might spend a little bit more time on Monk maybe because there might be a possibility more for him. But, but yeah, we'll talk about the two, the two kitty cats out of Lexington. And after that, what's that? That'll be Friday. Yeah, it's Friday show. And then it is draft week yes how fun is that did you get your draft invite today from the uh the mavs email chain they said the email thing they yeah said that, they said that there's going to be special guests do you want to take a guess on who the special guest is i don't know who it is so. special guest no well, it's i don't like, know it's like yogi <laughs> it's Ma- Ma- mavs man no no have you seen the reddit thread about mavs man no there's a really good Reddit thread that I will tweet out about Mavs, man. Uh, follow me at Nick Van Exit. Follow Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. Isaac with two A's, by the way. You can find that also in the description of this podcast. Just click on the link. I put the link right in there for you. Just click it. Follow us. It's good. You'll get good stuff. <laughs> so that's what we got. We got more draft stuff coming for you guys this week. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you have not. Sorry that we cannot put it on Stitcher. Also, people keep asking me, can we change the names on the cover art? That bothers me as well, but that is out of our hands. We can't we can't change that. Uh, we don't have the permissions to do that. So <laughs> That is correct. We David just, said he's working on it. We can just create content. We cannot adjust it. So <laughs> that's kind of where we are. So thanks so much, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out. Boom. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. 
Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.